Thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited just for another chance to grow and learn. I was talking a little bit off script here and offline to our servant leader tonight, and I'm just super humble and honored right now. We have servant leader, Coach Corey Close. She is the head women's basketball coach at UCLA, and I've been following her for a while just as a young hooper myself, as a young coach myself. And I'm always elated to just talk to God's people, as I like to say. Thank you so much for being here. I tell people all the time, time is that thing that once it's given, we can't give it back. And so I think I know that it's very limited. So I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners and we'll get this thing started tonight. (laughs) Well, it is an honor to be with y'all. And and I just think um, what a cool title of being a servant, the servant leader podcast. And I just think the reality for me is that um, it's not about me. If you really want to be a servant leader, you say, you know what, I got to do this thing with open hands and that, uh, and you know, believe me, I got to do that every day, all the time. That's and, uh, you know, like, uh, some, I, I was actually praying today as I drove into work, I was like, God, I just surrender this day to you. I give you this day. I give you my life today and, and help me to not snatch it back five times throughout the day, yes. you know, so, <laughs> Um, you know, but we serve a God who knows we're going to forget. So we're just going to try to remember what we forgot and get back on track with them. But it is truly an honor to be, to be with you. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited just, you know, we're all in this together, right? We're all, uh, sinful people who need Jesus and who, uh, want to make an impact on the world. And I was having dinner with someone last night. Um, and she said, I just wake uh, uh, imprinted on my wall is, um, how can I uh, ser- love and serve today? How can I love and be a, a, a servant to all? And I was yeah, like, man. well, what a great question to ask yourself every day. So this is just an opportunity for me to hopefully love on some people from afar and hopefully be a servant to whoever I can. I love that. Before we get started, though, I'm looking at your wall behind you, right? <laughs> and I see yes. that. Uncommon women making uncommon choices, yielding uncommon. You got to move to the side. What's that last Results. Time? I love that. I totally love that. I had to point out, I was sitting there reading as I'm listening to you, but you've already just taken me over the edge. You just basically said that God helped me to not snatch it back. Like Mm. main prayers. I don't put it like that, but I want to decrease as he increases. So Mm. often it's like we ask him for these things and then we go, it's like a kid. Can you help me do this? And then you try. And, you know, I told you I'm first time mom here. And so now she's becoming so independent so fast. And it's like, I'm going to do it. And she has to have her hand in it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're going to mess it up. But her hand has to be in it. But when she lets go, I can feed her. When she lets go, I can clothe her. When she lets go, I can teach her. And just do that to Christ. Isn't that something? Isn't that something how 
we need that all the time. I think about, I don't have, uh, God hasn't brought me uh, your husband or children. Well, not officially, not biologically, I should say, but I have I a lot of, say, yes, he did. You know, coaching. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think it's so amazing how God uh, lives out his truths in those relationships, right? And we te- he mm-hmm. teaches, just like you just described, he teaches us about the relationship he wants with us as his children, as we mm-hmm. try to parent, and as I try to coach, and as I try to, so many times, as it rolls off of my tongue, actually, right before I came back here, I took one of our seniors out to lunch, and I uh, you know, as, as certain things roll off my tongue, it's actually holding up a mirror to my own character. Am I living that out? You know, um, do, you know, how do I respond to, to Jesus in that way? And so, um, I think it's amazing how God uses our human relationships to teach us about the relationship he really wants to have with us in the day to day. That's so big. Hmm. So big, you know, staying there, I want you to just talk with us a little bit today about, you know, servant leadership, you know, that, topic it takes so many different heads but leading is serving like Christ right I want you to take a moment there and just talk about your relationship with Christ and then how you've learned to be a servant leader in your walk now that you make your way and have been at UCLA well I think it's learning to be a servant leader right I mean I've been doing this 29 (laughs) years um and I turned 50 this year and I'm still learning I think you know it's a lifelong deal right so Um, You know, I think the number one thing for me is, and I I shared this a little bit with you offline is, um, you know, have you ever read the book Purpose Driven Life? I don't know. Yeah. You know, the very first line, right, is it's not about me. It's not about you. And I think that's where servant leaders, leadership starts is the realization that I want my life to be a lot about love and service. And, and there's just a point of surrender there, you know, and I think it's hard. I mean, I'm not, I think it's, it's sort of become cliche that I want to be a servant leader and well, boy, Mm -hmm. that's something I, you got to choose every day, I think. And Mm -hmm. um, there's two things I, um, I pray every day almost um, is I, I want to be a UKTC, which is an uncommon kingdom transformational coach. And, you know, so I just, I want my I want to do it differently. You see the uncommon. That's the number one word as we talk about in our basketball program here at UCLA. But I want to do things that are going to last for the kingdom. And, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, in terms of I always struggle with this at the final four. Um, You know, you're always there at the convention and you're trying to figure out how am I going to get there? How what's going to happen? But you know what? It isn't going to last. I mean, you know, Mm. it isn't. I sat with a national championship coach the day after um, he had won it. And I asked him, you know, how do you feel? I mean, there was the parade, there's all these things. And uh, he was courageous enough to be authentic and say, you know what, actually I'm lonely. Actually, you know, it's all gone. Everyone goes away and it's all of a sudden done. And I'm like, well, if you don't have a kingdom mindset, that's how it's going to be. You know, it's all, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the uh-huh. end, and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he's Lord. And if I'm not doing it in that heart posture, which believe me, there are many days I don't, and I fail that mm-hmm. it's not going to last. So that's my first prayer is that I would be an uncommon kingdom transformational coach. I don't want it to be transactional. I don't want it to be about me. And that's the difference in the choice between, um, I don't know if you've ever done the Enneagram, but I'm a, you know, a three wing two in this personality test. And it's a very achievement oriented, right? Um, number. A lot of coaches are threes. 
and I was actually just talking to someone this morning about this, is that um, I think you have to really fight about being transactional. You know, I philosophically do not ever want to be a transactional coach, but if I just leave it to my own devices, it's easy for me to slip into that if I'm not very intentional about, it's not about me. Um, it has to be about kingdom things and it has to be transformational. It is, you know, and I think I have to work at that because of just how I'm hardwired that way. Um, and then the other thing I pray every day is about, I want to be a, a fruit bearer. I don't know if you've ever listened to Francis Chan, but, yes. he, um, and he says, you know, and, and the reason I really pray for that is that I can't make that happen. The only way you bear fruit and the only way I'm a bear fruit that day is I'm going to abide in the vine, you know? God says, you know, you can do all things, you know, if you want to abide in the vine, anything can happen. I'm paraphrasing, but um, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so okay. I want my, I want, you know, so I can't say, okay, give me the fruit. I'm going to earn the fruit. I'm going to go achieve the fruit. I get the fruit by saying, God, I just abide with you. I, I cling to you and Lord make fruit come out in my life because of my time with you, because of my surrender to you. Um, and, you know, cause otherwise it's not authentic. Right. Yeah. And so that's yeah. really um, what I, what I'm trying to do. And, um, and honestly that you sort of stole it from me. The last part about the purpose driven life part about, it's not about me is, is being uncommon. And, and I think I want to be set apart and, I think God calls me to do that. And so what does it look like to do that differently? And, you know, and, and so that's sort of the, the first part about being a servant leader for me. Um, the second part for me is, um, you know, I had the wonderful privilege of being mentored by John Wooden uh, for 15 mm -hmm. years. And nice. I remember, and he's won, you know, he's, he won 10 national championships in 12 years. I mean, that's, you know, remarkable. And, and what he did is amazing, but I remember talking to him and saying, he would always say, remember coach, or, you know, if you're ever a head coach, you're not coaching people's jump shots. You're coaching people's hearts. He says, but if you coach their hearts really well, usually their jump shots end up okay. And he would, <laughs> he would tease about that. And he would give I me this little it. wink, but um, you know, I think about if you really want to be a servant leader, you got to look at what the ultimate servant leader lived like. What did Jesus do? And, you know, I think, especially in these times, um, and women's basketball is the most diverse sport in all of college athletics. And, um, you know, what did Jesus do? I mean, he went through Samaria when no one else would. He went to the tax collectors that everybody else shunned to the side. He valued the people from there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. He really went to the people. And I think if we're going to be servant leaders, we got to look at how he did it. And you look at um, our, our players, you know, they teach me way more than I teach them. But when, um, when the, uh, uh, you know, the things of Black Lives Matter and the real racial um, un, un, injustice and unrest came about, here I am, this white woman who's, you know, leading a predominantly um, Black team, and it, it's raw and hard. And I asked them, you know, what does it look like to love and lead you well in this as a white woman? Like, what does that mm -hmm what does that look like to you? And what, what, where are my blind spots? And you know what they did, which I think is really points to Jesus. They came up with this um, organization that we're still doing very intentionally now called more than a dream, but their mission statement at the end says that everybody would feel safe, seen, and heard regardless of background, religion, identity, race, that everybody would be, feel safe, seen, and heard. And I just thought, is, 
that that sounds like Jesus to me. You know, yes. that sounds like Jesus walking into, you know, where the leper and, and sat down and with Jesus responding to the person who just touched his cloak, you know, and, and I just think, you know, you, if you're gonna really, um, regardless of any background, and you can even disagree, like, that's something that I think we're losing sight of. Jesus right. didn't compromise his values. He didn't, um, you know, water it down, but it was okay to disagree and it wasn't going to affect how he loved people and extended himself to people. And I think if we're going to be a servant leader, that's the example that Jesus has shown us. I rem- my dad was a great example in this. I, I lost my dad he, um, last summer and, you know, in the reflection of, of sort of what I'm like as a coach is so much of it goes back to how he did. He moved our family into this very diverse neighborhood in Northern California growing up because he wanted us to be around what it was going to more look like in heaven. It wasn't going to look like a bunch of white people, you know, that yeah, were all looked like us, thought like us, did like us. And so he moved us in there and he used to say, um, we're going to love them and love them and love them until they ask why. And then, then you share about Jesus. You love them and love them and love them. It doesn't matter what background they come from. doesn't matter if they agree with you. doesn't matter if they disagree with you. We're going to love them and love them and love them until they ask why. And I just think that has made such an imprint on how I want to, and I do it imperfectly all the time and I fall short all the time, but I think that's the example that Jesus sets for us. And if we're going to be servant leaders, I think that's the anchor we always have to go back to. Um, I would, uh, I was, it was interesting. I was, uh, I'm reading a book called, uh, gentle and lowly. I think it is. Um, and it's, um, Really, just this morning, I was in my quiet time, it was talking about how we tend to draw away um, from Jesus when we're broken and when we're, um, when we're hurting, when we know we failed. And when you really examine the character of Christ throughout the Bible, um, that's actually when he draws closest. That's actually when he does his best work, right? Yeah. And so... Um, I think that, you know, I think being a servant leader and following the example of Christ, it's to say, you know what, my life verse is um, the, is the really the verses um, in second Corinthians, when Paul asks um, God to remove the thorn from his side three times. And God said, no, all three times. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in my weakness and, and in your, in your weakness. And he says, then he said, and then Paul responds and says, then I will boast all the more of, of my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so if we, I want to be a servant leader, it's about saying I am weak, but where I am weak, he is strong. Oh, and so, you know, I just, I think it is so, and, and I think as coaches, I mean, we don't, we don't honor that as athletes. I mean, you better suck it up and go do it. But I, <laughs> I want to have a, if I want to have a program that is, can do bigger, better, deeper things, kingdom things, then I don't want to do something that I can do in my own strength. I mean, that, that's just not going to work. But, you know, biggest mistake I made when I was actually at Florida State and I, I used to pray that God would give me a vision that if he didn't show up, there's no way it would happen. And that sounded good at the time, but woo, that is hard. Um, be careful what you pray for because, man, he has given me that. And boy, I pay the price when I try to do it in my own strength, I pay the price. And I'm not a very good servant leader when that happens. Um, lastly, I'll leave, I'll shut up after this and answer whatever, <laughs> but um, I, I was listening to a great leadership podcast called the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. And 
Um, he's a pastor, but this particular podcast is really all about leadership and whether you're in business, your family, you know, whatever the coaching and, and I think being a servant leader right now, I think is maybe more needed than ever. And he, what he talked about in this most recent podcast was leading out of a pandemic is probably going to be harder than leading in the pandemic. Mm. And what he said was almost all of your people, you are probably depleted, not just tired and depleted. And I'll explain that in a second, but most of your leadership team, the people that are right with you in leading are probably dealing with some sort of loss or trauma that they are now bringing to the table that wasn't that way before. And if you are leading the, with the same strategic plan that you had before the pandemic, it's probably the wrong plan. And so what, what does that look like now? And so then I think about being a servant leader, it goes back to, it's not about me. Um, how, okay, God, what does it look like now? You know, I'm sort of comfortable in my strategic plan at UCLA. This is how we do things. This is our mission. These are our values. I'm going to work this plan. Well, what's come to me from my staff is like, that's not going to work. This generation's different. We're wounded differently. We're reeling. We have got to, we're coming at, you know, the disappointments are different. Uh, the fears are different. Uh, just all kinds of things. And I'm realizing, wow. Um, and what he says in this podcast about the difference between being depleted and tired, because if you're tired or exhausted, go take a nap or go on vacation. If you're depleted, then you have to be much more intentional about it, what it really looks like to refill. And I don't wow. think servant leaders, we do that very well. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask, you know, 25 leaders, okay, how do you really refill? And Sue Simra used to say all the time, you can't give away what you don't have. And if you want to be a servant leader that is poured out for the sake of the kingdom, you better know how to refill. And it maybe look different depending on the different things. So um, that's sort of how I guide myself through being a servant leader. And like I said, I fail all the time, Um, but I just try to remember what I forgot. Coach Charlotte Smith, uh, shout out to you. She just said hello to you. She, oh, I love her. Well. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Me I love too. her. Shout oh. out to you, love. Um, but no, for sure. And I think that, you know, shout out to Coach Sue um, as well down here in Tallahassee. But she also is a servant leader that I watched from a young little one playing basketball, attending games to even now that she has stepped away. Um, but still just a huge pillar, much like yourself. And, and I was going back. I want to skip. You said so much. I w- was trying to turn my page very quiet <laughs> <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> because it's right by my mic. But I've taken out so many nuggets because one of the biggest pieces that I love that you talk about, because it's how I try to live my life, is like the word says, a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. Mm-hmm. So we can say I'm an apple tree, but OK, if you know some oranges are coming off of it, that you're just not that. And so mm-hmm. I, you said that, but more than anything, there's one that pierced me, just like the scripture you love of Paul. You said this, and it's so true. You said being a servant leader is being okay to recognize when we are weak, because when we are weak, that is when he's made strong and it strengthens us and then lead. It's something about, like we said before we got on, if I can decrease, then he can increase. Mm-hmm. I my hand on it as we just talked about and then expect him to still show up and so actually be vulnerable in that and transparent in that to recognize i can't do this in my own mind 
Mm-hmm. There's a song, um, Kiara Clark, she, she sings, and I love it because it reminds me of that. Even though sometimes I'm independent, it's like, Chelsea, you just can't do it. And, and not by my, not by power, but by but his by spirit. Mm-hmm. Just like the word says. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things. So when you said that, I was sitting here like, yes, mm-hmm. I, because it, it, it truly does grab you and allows you to revisit that portion. But okay, the- I got to show you one other thing. See Please on do. My, see on my wall, there's a, there's, you can see there's a shovel. And then there's a broom and you can barely see, see the broom. Okay. So um, that is really what you're talking about with you talking about the tree planted by the water is mm-hmm. um, I always say that if I want to see the fruit, then I have to nurture and spend the time on the roots. And Come so on. the below the surface kind of stuff. And so those are my two reminders of servant leadership is the, is the um, shovel to really spend my time. And I am as competitive as you're going to find. And I'm driven and I got to work to keep my mind right. And, um, but if I, just like I had this lunch with this senior right before I came on and, and, you know, our whole time was, you know, I, I, my instinct is, okay, how do we help you get to the league? This is what we're going to do. This is our plan. That's my natural sort of fleshly instinct. Mm -hmm. But I had to just say, stop, Corey. Okay. How's your heart? What kind of, where do, you, where do you feel, you know, what, what's it like? What's your peace level right now? How can we invest in you beyond basketball? You know, like, and, and I think that's the reminder why that shovels up on my wall. The second one is the broom. And it really comes from the book legacy um, where they're studying the all blacks, the um, rugby team from New Zealand, the most successful professional sports organization in history, really. And their executives and their captains sweep the sheds every day sweep the sheds. And, um, you know, when we, I mean, we're spoiled, like we charter everywhere as a team and all these things, but you know, I need to be first to get underneath the bus and load the bags. Um, I need it. That's most important for me. The, the bigger, the title, the more humility, not only do I'm not trying to, it's not humility. I'm trying to show I'm actually protecting my own heart because of what you just said. And I think sometimes we try to act like, um, uh, servant leaders, I don't want to act being a servant leader. I want to be because of what we talked about being abiding in the vine. I want it to be real and authentic and it needs to be the humility needs to come out of a realization of what is true and right. Not what I want people to perceive me to be. And I'm a pleaser. I'd rather, you know, I would love to please, um, you know, man in so many ways. And I have to work for that. I think I shared this when I shared um, with Charlotte was amazing. I was so glad I spoke before her at the final four, but um, (laughs) she, um, but I was, I pray, I really pray through Psalm 51 before any time I spoke, I did it earlier today, knowing I was going to be with you today. And what I love about it is is the whole Psalm 51 takes you through like, uh, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm left to my own devices. I am lost. And then it moves towards, but with you, God, you can wash me, cleanse me whiter than snow and it takes you through this whole humility journey. And then at the very end, it says, and then I will, you will open my mouth up and I will declare your, your um, praise. And only then do the words come, not yeah. until you've done all this internal work that then after that, then you speak of his name and then I will open my mouth and declare your praise. And so I think that's, you know, and in coaching, it's all about your wins or, you know, how you're perceived or what your contract is or what your recruiting class is ranked or whatever else. And I think if we're going to be a a kingdom servant leader, 
then you got to do that internal work that then only after you've done that can you open my mouth and then I'm ready to declare your praise because then it's coming from a right place. I just can't like that is so big, like so big because it's a mouthful, right? I mean, I don't want to act like a servant leader. I want to be a servant leader. I say this to people all the time, right? Like it's amazing how what do my students say? It's a, I love it because like you said before, if we're serving and leading how we did prior to the pandemic that we are now, there is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And this moment in transparency and we have to, like you said, realize we're weak. There's times where I, I teach and there's been a huge, you know, gap now, huge, you know, uh, lack of understanding between our kids and especially where I teach. I teach at a Title, a title One institution. So sometimes coming to school is not the priority. I have to keep my little little sister. Sometimes I'm hungry. So my head's down, but I need you to understand I stayed up because I was trying to protect my mom. It's these real world issues when we teach that we have to understand is happening, right? But in that we get fatigued. We're tired. There's some days I'm just like, you know what? I don't have it, you know? And today it was a day like no other. I was just praying like, God, I just need a little bit of a boost. Mm-hmm were talking and they were just saying you know I guess they had their football players and they were having a conversation we have a new coach he's a servant leader and he was speaking to them about Christ they don't have to come they don't have to come to his devotional on Wednesdays but they do and he said so man what were you thinking about that he was just like well I don't know he said but one thing I like is when coach he says things I've seen him do it Mm. And it was huge. Like, I haven't even told coach yet. So if he, he listens all the time. So if you hear it coach, to you, but he says that all the time, they said, that's what I like about him because he just got here. He's been here a full month. And they said, coach doesn't just say it. He does it. So that's why I come to the devotions, man. You should come. It's not really, even if you don't God, man, it just truly does show. And then he turned to me and he said, coach, you believe in God? Hmm. And I do. I do. He said, see, I see coach too. It shows in her too. And it floored me. And I just wanted to just like squeeze. I yeah. Because the very reason that we do what we do is not like you said, not because I want praise because mm-hmm. I want to act and show it's, I want to be, and he didn't say, you know, Hey, you know, coach, he does this. He'd be showing this. He, he said, I see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not they, they were trying to show it to us. I see it. And that was huge. Mm-hmm. And it was, impactful so coach jones shout out to you i don't know if you Amen. listen dude mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a chance to tell him but it was powerful and when you said mm-hmm. that that struck that chord in me mm-hmm. yeah and i think that the, what you said is really huge in the fact of you know just knowing our world right now and and honestly if i'm being really transparent i don't think the american church is doing a very good job you know and we are drawing more lines than we are building bridges and mm. um I, I actually saw a great um you know another another great podcast is the andy stanley leadership podcast and um he happens to be a pastor as well but um he he, he saw did a great quote the other day he says if we're worried about saving america more than we're saving americans we are losing, Ooh. we have lost it. And, and, and we, it's okay. It's okay to come from different political perspectives and, you know, it's okay. But it, as a believer, as a Christ follower, I don't think it's okay to not love people right where they are. And we're all going to do that imperfectly, but 
Um, you know, I think that that's what that student was seeing in Coach Jones was I, I can see he loves me. He's it doesn't matter. And he's living it. I don't need you yeah. to tell me he probably doesn't really care what he said, you know, right. Yeah. It, just, it would have no power if it didn't see what he did and how he made him feel and how he loved him. And he, what's this, the old Christian song was, they will know we are inside out of the Bible, but they will know we are Christians by our love and it, their love. If we don't have the love, it's what are a loud gong or a clanging symbol, the Bible says. And right. so, you know, if they don't see the love in our life and they don't see us doing things that Christ would call us to do. It's who wants to be a loud gong, not me. Come on. I'm telling you, and, it, and it's one of the things, you know, one just their inquiry, like, you know, that what I've done, uh, Coach Chris Kreider, he is amazing. Uh, I have to get this right now because he just shifted to SMU. Um, okay. But I tell this in his voice, assistant men's coach at SMU. And he's a servant leader and he has a very meek voice. He came on a year ago but it always stuck with me is exactly what you said. Like your dad said, you can love them and love them and love them. Right. Just, just, just handle that part. Right. Yeah. What Christ said, you know, and he says, you know, people will always say things like it's something different about him or her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They would like just nothing ever bothers them mm-hmm. that, you know, he said, but it's when people tell you something different, something, then you have them because now they want to inquire. Now they want to know what it is that allows you to walk, how you walk, talk. Mm-hmm. It's, and when they do that's debate and mm-hmm. then presentation god has laid the table for you to explain his love to them mm-hmm. and, and and i think that as a servant leader and just like you explained that is that best part one of them to me they said coach why do you love why do you love god why do you love jesus i said sweetheart there's so many reasons we don't even have the time in this moment because we we're about to go i said but there's a song and you probably know it because i knew his grandmother went to church and i said it simply says oh how i love jesus mm-hmm. oh I love jesus Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. Mm-hmm. Amen. He loved me first. He, he mm-hmm. loved me before I even knew who I was. Mm-hmm. My mom knew who I was. It says in his word, before I was formed in her womb, he knew me. He knew the plan. But more than anything, he loves me through my good and my bad. Mm-hmm. He, even when I don't listen. I laugh all the time sometimes at how he looks at me when he's like, now you asked me, I told you, and you still did it your way. Girl, seriously? Yeah. And, and how's that working out for you? Right. <laughs> you know, like, and I, every time I do it, I mean, I, I have been, I think that's the other part about being a servant leader that I think is really important is um, you got to be willing to ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that because we don't, cause you know what, if I'm being really honest, there's times where I wish my walk did look different, you know, mm-hmm. even more different. And there's days where I'm like, way too busy, don't have enough margin in my life, don't prioritize appropriately, Um, you know, probably uh, coached a little bit, you know, we talk about it's okay to coach or play with emotion, but not to be emotional, there's a difference, Mm. and -hmm. sometimes I fail in that, you know, but I think that that's where I just have to really say, you know, life outside the garden is no joke, is what I say, I mean, it is no joke, and we're never going to get it this side of heaven. We just is, we're never going to totally get it, but to just say, man, I'm going to quest. I'm going to, you know, be humble and say, I, I, I'm, I am sorry. I got that wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was off track and I think God moves in that way. I think God loves people that way because that what's the biggest thing we need if we're going to come to Christ 
to realize we need him, right? Yeah, we need to realize on. we need a savior. And if I can't even acknowledge my own sin or my own shortcomings yeah. or my own poor choices, what chance do I have to show that I'm fully aware that I need Jesus every day? Not, not just for my eternal salvation, but for my uh, quest for a kingdom mindset and a kingdom life. You know, I love that how you, since we've come on, you've talked about kingdom mindset, you talk about kingdom building, right? And I, and I, that, that's it. I tell people all the time, you know, when I see that, and they'll know if I see the servant leadership, servanthood this morning, it took me and blew me away. It came in my feed. It was a teacher and he was praying for a, a little girl, right? Mm-hmm. And the caption basically says, the mom, before she dropped her off, said, my daughter said, do you have time to pray with me? Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful because even without the caption, I saw it, right? And I'm thinking as an educator, and I'm thinking so many things that this man probably had to do before the day even started, right? And he moved to the side amidst everything going on. He prayed for that little one. And I'm just thinking, yes, that is the kingdom mindset. That is kingdom building. That is moving the agenda forward. And every day, you know, I love Joyce Meyer and Christine Kane. I love a lot of different ones, but those two, it's just we, they break it so plain to me. Oh yeah. They don't mess around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and mm-hmm. she talks so often about, you know, Joyce Meyer and both of them. I love how they combine, but Joyce Meyer talks so often in this last series about how often we're so ready to just get to the next title, right? We're so ready to move up on rank, but we're so quick to move to a, a next level. But have you served currently have you served where he placed your feet did you meet the assignment did you serve the people well right and then if he does indeed agree to move you do you still serve those people or do you now think you're above them Mm -hmm. that is the part to me that I love about you that even though you are the head coach every single day it's not you don't walk around and say okay hey hey let me take your order what do you need in your actions and your walk, it's an authentic kingdom mm. to say, how can I better serve you? Mm. That, my friend, is why I sought you out. That is why oh. I, we got to talk to her because that servant heart truly beats loudly from uh, dudes. Thank you. Truly. But again, again, though, it's not me. It's the time I spend with Jesus. So, mm-hmm. you know, that they, I love that verse and I pray it all the time with our staff is, um, may they see our good works and praise our father in heaven. There it you know? is. So um, I can't, I wish, I wish I could say, yeah, I did. I did all that, but it, it would be a lie. And it's, it's just not true. And to be honest with you, it's not effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, you know, there, but I think one of the things in, in leadership that's tempting is that uh, because I'm not elevating or getting that new title, I must be doing something wrong. Um, you know, you look at God's economy and it's just not that way. I think we sometimes get into that prosperity gospel or that, you know, that I'm going to see it in that. I don't have God's favor then if I don't, if I don't become a head coach or I don't, you know, whatever your next rung of the ladder is, but what if you, you know, I know a lot of people who have climbed the rungs of the ladder and gotten to the top and realized their ladder was sitting against the wrong wall. Come on. And it's just, you know, I don't want to get there and I don't want to, you know, let's say I do get a chance to win a national championship or, you know, by God's grace, but I sure don't want to have that title 
and have my ladder against the wrong wall. So if I mm. need to stay in whatever I need to stay in, and, you know, I just look at who Paul in the Bible and the people that God raised up that David, you know, David was called a man after God's own heart way before he ever had a title, you know, oh, and when he, when he took down Goliath, it wasn't when he was king, it was when he was the shepherd boy and he was too yes. dependent upon the Lord. And so I just think we have to be guarded about what, what our world honors. And sometimes we try to say, oh, well, that means that, I don't know. I just don't see that in the Bible. I don't see that, that God honoring those things. I think that, yeah, if that happens and that's a part of God's plan for you. But I think when, when you realize how short the time is on earth in, in light of eternity, like God just doesn't care about that. That's just not, you know, I of course want to be the best at mastering my craft. I'm, I want to be competitive. I want to be um, growing constantly. And this is the framework that God's given me. Um, but I don't think that's what he's going to say when he, when I'm before him, he, it, that's not gonna, what's going to make him say, if we win a national championship, it's not going to make him say, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> yes. you know? he's, that's not what he's going to do. He's going to, what about the, the, the person you loved, you know, your neighbor that, uh, worked your last nerve, you know, and <laughs> you know, that's, that's the one he's going to want you to, what this going to say, well done, good and faithful serve it what about what did you use with your time your talent your treasure you know was it more about meeting your needs or more about you know kingdom things you know i mean there's so many things and i think we constantly have to bring ourselves back to that um you know the what what is god gonna value in his economy and what is what are his values and you know and i I, i'll tell you what's been happening in our world um has really humbled me and i'm just like if Jesus came back tomorrow, would I be okay with how I'm spending my time? You Come know? on. And if, if, if I, if this was, you know, I mean, we don't know. And God says he's going to come back and it's like a thief in the night, but I will tell you, whatever I'm not doing for the kingdom is not going to last. So I better be spending my time right. And I think I've been sort of humbled at a deeper level, just watching our world and watching mm -hmm. some of the hurt and pain and um, strife and chaos. And I just, you know, I, I, I need to be uh, analyzing my life and making sure that I'm spending my time, talent, and treasure on the right things. Mouthful. I'm telling you, mouthful and all of that. Like, I feel that because more than anything, that is, I meet you there. That is one of the things that I just want to be pleasing. That is my prayer every day. I just want to be, what is it that you want me to do? Mm -hmm. I've never heard it put the way that you just mm -hmm. said. I love that, right? Mm -hmm. We climb the ladder and then we'll look up and realize our ladder is on the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. Christine Kane will say, she'll say, you know, it's so funny. Sometimes we miss our assignment because it's not in the area code that you feel you should be in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, you know, because see, we want what is glitz and glamour. And it's like, but that's not, you know, my, my kids do that all the time. They'll write this. We're preparing for the AP exams, right? Next couple of weeks. And they'll write all this beautifully, you know, two page. And I'm like, sweetheart, but you didn't answer any of the questions. Mm -hmm. Bro, mm -hmm. all of that looks good. You thought in the appearance is two pages and I'm gonna say, oh, they wrote a lot, but no, I'm looking through and you did not do your assignment. Mm -hmm. Did mm. not reach the goal. Mm. And that is, it's amazing how that bridge to me, like God, even in that, even in my day, I'm trying to grade these FRQs so I can go home that I'm like, oh my goodness, we're working, we're working, we're working. As you said, I'm climbing a ladder, climbing a ladder, but sweetheart, you didn't, you didn't, mm. you didn't do the assignment. You didn't answer the call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. It was given, and you did your own thing. Mm -hmm. 
So like you said in the beginning, I try my best not to snatch it back. I just want you to have it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm notorious of it. I, I shared this at the final floor when at the, um, at the coach out breakfast, but um, I, I remember one of the things that uh, Jane Albright, who used to be in coaching and Sue, I think she passed it on to, uh, to Sue, but she used to sit in the locker of every player um, before and pray for them by name before she would go out on the court, you know, and so for me as a coach, um, you know, we, we give a little talk and then we send them out to do their warmups and, and I stay in the locker room now. And one of the things um, I do that exact same thing because of Jane's example, I sit in each locker and I just pray for them by name. And um, even on the road, I write their names up. And I think most of them know what I'm doing now, you know, in there, but um, you know, I, I, I'm so like, okay, is the game plan all that I'm so wanting to snatch it back and control way too much but you know what I've started always telling myself and praying at the very beginning is this is the most important thing I'm going to do today not what's about to happen on that game not what's about ESPN's going to see not any of that right now between me and Jesus bruising my knees for the sake of the kingdom for these people by name that this is the most important thing but believe me I am preaching that to my heart because my flesh wants to go out there and, you know, just, you know, so, um, but I think that that is just really like, this is the most, this is the most important work. And, uh, you know, and I think that actually becoming a head coach has really taught me that. Um, I think I've felt so overwhelmed at times that I just am like, I gotta, I, I gotta pray, you know, and it's definitely driven me to my knees at a deeper level. I love that. You know, my my prayer is my weapon. Mm-hmm. I've heard that my grandmother used to say it all the time. Kept it with me. My prayer is my weapon. Mm-hmm. And what you said, I'm willing to bruise my knees for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and then hearing what you're saying, how the world has humbled you, mm-hmm. um, even through what we want to do, being intentional about being kin- kingdom building. This world is hard, right? And things that come in it are hard. Mm-hmm. So along with my prayer being my weapon, I have to ensure also too that I am being able to stand. And as, as in order to stand, I have to put on the whole armor of God, right? Mm-hmm. As by the word, but of course, naturally what we've been talking about this month is what that looks like for the person that doesn't know the word, that's trying to learn how to walk right, how to walk with that protection. And mm-hmm. so you you masterly said that all throughout your walk. I hear it, I gain it. Mm-hmm for the coach, the leader, uh, the person trying to find Christ in this world that we see just like you. Mm. What does that look like? How does one approach that to put on a whole armor of God so we can be able to stand? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a visual image and, you know, and, and I would, I would encourage someone who doesn't know, maybe didn't grow up with the word or memorize it. You know, there's a great uh, app. It's called uh, I want to say Fighter Verse. I want is it's right here. Oh, and I need that. Yeah, Fighter Verses, and what it it's it's really a scripture memory thing, and it'll it'll give you quizzes. It'll talk to you. Some today in the car, I just put my verse just to it, it'll read it to you audibly. You know, there's all these different ways, but. Um, just take that passage of the whole armor of God from Ephesians and say, it is Ephesians, right? Or is it Galatians? It is. No, no, no. Ephesians. You're right. Ephesians. And just, you know, God says the word will never return void and to hide it in your heart. 
And I was lucky enough to grow up in a family that, um, you know, was that that happened um, a lot. And, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because that's, I remember when I was in the seventh grade, I went to a camp on Catalina Island out here. It was a Christian camp and um, it was a junior high camp. And I still remember they taught the whole week on the armor of God. And I still remember it to this day. <laughs> I'm 50 years old now and it's still hidden in my heart and it's still there. So um, my first thing is, is um, just, you know, we, we, we tend to want to say, hey, uh, we got to figure all this out. If you're new to either faith or leader, servant leadership or whatever, um, God, I don't get this. You know, there's that bar, uh, verse in the Bible that said where he talks about, help me in my unbelief. You know, yes. it's okay to bring that and say, you know what, God, I don't get this whole armor of God thing. This is the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? And I think it's okay just to, I know it's okay with God to say, God, will you teach my heart what that means? Will you, will you open up, illuminate my mind and, and help me to remove the blinders and help me to understand what you have? I mean, he promises when you ask of wisdom, he will give it without reproach. James right. says he, he will give it. And so if you don't know, ask God for it. Ask him to, to know. So on a practical level, I think the putting on the whole armor of God means investing in your relationship with him, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul and in your actions. And that's mm -hmm. the, it's an imagery of the belt, the, the um, breastplate of righteousness is right behaviors, being obedient, walking wow. in the way. And I always say, if you go against the grain of what God says, you get a lot of splinters and putting on the breastplate, <laughs> you know, it's, that's the bottom line. And I learned that living in the South, I learned that at a whole different level. Um, but the reality is, um, you know, I think that that's what the breastplate of righteousness is, is the behavioral side, the obedient side, the belt of truth is getting into God. What do what is truth? What do you say is true about me? What do you say is true about my choices? You know, you go on and the shield of faith and, you know, all of those, the, all, you know, the, um, the whole image of that is really investing in all the levels of your, your relationship, right? And you talked about earlier about how your daughter has taught you so much about mm -hmm. how, how God sees you and, and how he wants to interact with you. Well, I think it's the same in this, in, in this analogy with the whole armor of God. It's investing in all the levels of the relationship. So for instance, if you're married, right, and you're, you, you can't just do the behavior part and check a bunch of boxes, I mean, there's a heart part. There's an intimacy part of that relationship. There's a learning from the past, planning for the future. There's a mind part. There's a, you know, and I think that's sort of a, an, an imagery The I know you are going into a battle. And it is funny. I, I use this example in coaching all the time because, but we do this in the Christian walk is that um, we like go, say we know we're going into a battle, but the first time someone shoots us, we go stick our head up there and go, why are you shooting at me? Yes, yes, yes. We look surprised. But I think that, you know, I think the whole armor of God is twofold. It's one is you got to know we're in a battle and we are, yes. and you got to really know that if you don't really believe you're in a battle, you're not going to feel the need to put on the armor. Oh, and you're not going to feel the need with the relationship. And I think the second part of that is all the depth and all the angles of what it means to grow a relationship with Jesus. It is not a religion of Christianity. It is not a, 
um, a title. It is not a denomination. It is a living, breathing, active relationship. That's what we just celebrated. And when he rose from the dead is that he is no longer in the grave. He is here with us. His Holy Spirit is with us. And so when we're investing in the truth, the prayer, the shield of faith, all the mindset, the heart, the soul, we are saying we acknowledge all of the depth and breadth and angles of a relationship with Jesus. And I think that's what putting on the full armor of God means. You know, you lived here, you've been in the South before, right? I don't know if you made your way into, you know, the the churches, but where I'm from, you know, when people start speaking truth like that, things get thrown at you. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> you better be glad we're on this computer. I, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow. But I love it. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, my grandma and my mom used to tell me all the time, you know, baby, you got to prepare for the storm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've been down here. And so you know what it looked like when hurricane season would come. And what do we do? The news, the meteorologists have said all week long. And then we wait till they say, okay, it should be hitting tomorrow. Then we go run to Walmart. Yeah. Water's off the shelf. The batteries are gone, right? And now we have not prepared for the storm. And so what you've described is not just a storm, but the battle. We know it is not going to ask, can we, hey, is Wednesday good, Corey? Because I need yeah. to come and give you a battle. I need to come mm-hmm. give you a storm. It's going to come regardless. That is the thing. Just like the world says, it's, you know, in this, in the world says, it's in this world, you will have trouble. Not but if, when. Right, mm-hmm. when, it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, why are you surprised? It's, mm-hmm. I don't care your status. I don't care what you do. I don't care your title. It's coming. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So yep. if I overcome the world, I got it. Mm-hmm. I everything that's in it, right? Mm-hmm. I got it. You know? and, and we need to remind each other all the time. I mean, that's why I, I'm a huge believer in church, even though during basketball season, it's really hard for me, you know, because we need each other. I, just about a month ago, my associate head coach, uh, Shannon LaBeouf came to me and said, we, we got to remember this is not against, this is not against flesh and blood. This is against, you know, spiritual, the realm. And we got to, we're not, fi- we can't fight that with our human strength. And Come I on. need we need truth tellers in our lives and we need people that are going to say, Hey, you got a blind spot here. And you know what? Mm -hmm. You got to remember this. And Shannon did that for me just about a month ago and said, Corey, we got to get back to um, putting on the right armor, you know, and we got to, we got to do that. And, but you also need balcony people, or I call it my hype squad, you know, like um, (laughs) actually who I worked with at Florida state, Lance and uh, white and Melanie white, I'll get a, I'll get a text message sometimes that just says nobody better. And they just, they, I just know they're hanging over the balcony of my life. That's the image going, you got this. We're with you. And yeah. I think um, there's a Hebrews three thirteen says, encourage one another daily, as long yeah. as you are called today, so that you are not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And I'm like, boy, I need that. I need that encouragement daily so that I'm not hardened by that. And I need those truth tellers that, that love me enough uh, to tell me where my blind spots are and to tell me where those are. Those are the people that really love me, right? And that yep. care enough to say those hard things. And then, and that get me to put that armor back on realizing, man, this is about God's battle, you know? And um, again, I just, uh, we're, this is about eternity. This isn't about what we can see, think, and feel. You're right. And I think anything like the word said is this, you know, what profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul. Mm-hmm. 
we can spend so much time, you know, focusing on the temporal things. That's right. That's right. You know, and we'll forget that, hey, like you said earlier, I want my servant well done. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I cannot make it through what I made it through and him tell me he didn't know me. Mm-hmm. I, that's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. So every day I'm trying, what do I need to do? Help me to fix my heart. Like you said, give me the right heart posture. Mm-hmm. And in just in what you said, one of the things I focus on now is when I get up in my quiet time, I'm like, who do you want me to reach out to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you show me and direct me where I need to be today and who needs a word and give me that word. I don't want it mm-hmm. to come from me. Cause that's wrong. And since that moment it's so refreshing because not only does he give me who to speak to what to say, it also in turn is what I need to hear myself. Mm, amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's amazing. You're like, Oh, you know, Chelsea, thank you. Mm-mm. No, mm-hmm. no me. to God mm-hmm. be all the glory because if you needed it, so did I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the beauty of obedience amen to that amen mm-hmm. totally couldn't couldn't agree with you more and we have to remind ourselves every day you know we keep talking about our time with the lord you know they're just and it's so tempting to brush by it and uh to bring my phone out and check my instagram before i do that you know i had someone who said told me no screens 30 minutes when you wake up and 30 minutes before you go to bed no screens you know and that mm-hmm. has been a really good thing for me um, but I think the reality um, is that we got to remind ourselves every single day. We got to get with, we got to abide in the vine every day. And you know, bottom bottom line, because I mean, every day I have to work. I'm I'm so driven. I, it's easy for me to feel to focus on the negative things or the things that need to be done instead of I start my day with ten things I'm thankful for and mm. ten truths I'm going to anchor my life by. And then I go to being a a common kingdom transformational coach and praying for to be a fruit bearer. But every day I'm starting with gratitude and truth because I will forget, live to my own devices. I will forget. And I still forget throughout the day sometimes, but I'm going to start there. Let me tell you why I've loved this conversation so much, right? Because it's almost like, you know, the questions that I would ask, right? And you're like ready and you're having this conversation with me as if I've asked them. And so it's perfect because, of course, naturally, I know like we're going to get you out of here. But it rolls into you have to to sum this up to get you, you know, closed out. And I appreciate it. I could talk to you forever. That's the vice versa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. But there are two questions that I have to give you to to the servant leader family. Okay. The first one is one of my favorite. It kind of matches what you just said. You know, in the mornings, I'm very intentional. You know, it kind of looks a little different now that I have this little one. (laughs) We're getting two people ready now. Uh, You know, but it's amazing because in spite of what we see and in spite of what we go through, I do what's called my God is devotion. What I do is I'll say God is, and in my mind, it's more so in my mind now, I don't have time to sit and write, but I draw this imaginary blank. And then I laugh because of course, naturally, I have a limit to what I can do, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lid on my ability, right? There's, there's, there's a ceiling as coach Yo says, Oh, miss no ceiling as well. And so God is just that. That's why I love that. She says that. And that's her motto and her go-to speak no ceilings because God has no ceilings. I'll say God is, and I'll rip off just what he is to me, what he's been to me, what he hasn't been to me. Cause we miss that. That's a blessing too. He'll block the things we think we need. And he's like, you don't need that. You don't, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you don't get a list 
I'm only going to give you one. Okay. So if I were to say, servant leader Corey Close, God is, and I drew a blank. How would you feel that blank? God is what to you? Mm. <laughs> it, dep- it depends on the day, right? Come on. Um, yes. I mean, that's sort of what my, my truths are, right? So God, you are my provider. My God is Come my on. provider. My God is my... Um, my truth that never shifts and never fade. And it is my firm foundation, you know, like, so right today, that's what I needed, that he is my provider. He is not going to shift in the sands of change and the things in our profession or the things in my family or whatever else that he is a foundation I can, I can bank on. So today, um, my focus was on, he is my provider and he is my firm foundation and he is the author and the perfecter of my faith. Come on now. Mm-hmm. So, You're starting yeah. then, okay? My <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow no it will be different. Here. Tomorrow it'll be something else, but it'll <laughs> it'll always go back to that. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. I think it's perfect. It may remind me of a song. It says, he's the same today mm-hmm. and more, right? He's not changing. People change. Things change. Mm-hmm. But I can look to him every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? I love that. And of course, you talked about servant leadership. Normally, my question is about servant leadership. But you talk about that so beautifully well. So I always have my one in my pocket that I bring out. And you mentioned that you read this book. And this is a nod also to Coach Jones, who I mentioned earlier. He chose the word legacy for his team's motto this year in his first year at Gabby High School. But I'm going to ask you, I'm reminded all the time of Coach Brittany Easdale, Dr. Brittany Easdale, I love her. And she mentioned when she came on and all the time about legacy living. She says, oh, I want to get to God. I want to be tired. I want to be bending over my hands on my knees. I want to be tired. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm running errands for him. Right? Every morning I'm checking the list. What you want? What you got, God? I got you, mm-hmm. right? What do you want your legacy to be? I think, um, you know, we tell our team all the time, the only two things you're going to have for the rest of your life from these four years is who you become and who you impact. Mm-hmm. And so I would want my legacy um, to be uh, loving people for the kingdom uh, and impacting, uh, you know, impacting people for, for him and for me to um, model being a lifelong learner. If I could do those, if I can love and lead in a way that is an example of growth, um, I think God can, that's sort of like, you know, when the disciples brought the loaves and the fish and were like, we don't know. I mean, this is (laughs) what we got. This is what he says. This is what we got. And then that's when he fed the 5,000, right? So, and that's what I sort of feel like I'm, I'm saying to the Lord is that my legacy, Lord, this is what I got. I want, I, I desire to love people well and to have a growth mindset and, and can you do something with this, you know, and, uh, God shows it up and multiplies it every time. I can't with you. That is golden. Like I say that all the time. It, it just is, it reminds me of the scripture all the time where it says anyone can find the dirt, be the one that found the gold. Mm. It's golden, right? Like that is probably the most sincerest mm. leader statement. Mm. Let's say it's a surrendering statement, right? Mm-hmm what I got like you gotta say it just like that look mm-hmm. I don't know if it's enough I don't I don't know it's almost like when the little people you know my kids I call them little people they're in high school but they'll ride um and you always bring these things to the front of my mind and in ninth grade it's funny you know the seniors by that time they know me in ninth graders I will stop I'm like y'all hungry and they're like no I'm okay and I'm like you've been with me all day you're hungry what do you want 
And they'll say, oh, well, I'll just take this. And the senior's like, I'll take a number five. Can I have a five? You know, I'll do this, right? All right, how much money y'all have? And there's two, mm-hmm. I'll go with this. The first, how much money I got? I got $2, coach. This is what I got. Make it work. You know, and that's the senior. And I feel like, well, I don't, I don't have anything. Twofold. One, when they are able, I don't take their money, right? Because when you come to me and say, this is what I got. I am willing to give it to you. I am willing to surrender. I don't have it all. Help me out. And I'm like, I got you. You know why? Because you were so willing to do that. To that. And I'm saying this to somebody that needs to hear it, right? Mm-hmm. That ninth grader doesn't know to ask for what they want. They limit what they ask for, even if they need something else because they don't know me. Because they don't know me as well yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. To try me. Mm-hmm. That 12th grader asked in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, and they got it and received every single time. So by now, it's like, I don't care where we go, coach. I don't mm-hmm. Is I want it, that's what I'm getting, right? And the ninth graders look like, I didn't know we could get that. Mm-hmm. Fifth grade year, they start asking for a little bit more, and it keeps going and going. When you ask Christ, we just talk about no ceiling. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. We serve a limitless God. Mm-hmm. Know him, the more you will learn to try and trust him. When mm-hmm. you him, you can trust him because he's gonna show you, even when you say, That's what I got. Amen. Yes. Take it, uh, multiply it. Amen. We Come have our director. I'll, I'll leave you this thought and then I do have to, I have to go. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. This is my one thought is at the end of every, our director of mental training, our, our uh, mental training coach, uh, Colin Henderson, he always st- ends with the very end of his talk. He says, the body has limits, but the mind is limitless. And I oh. would say, the body has limits. The mind is limitless, but the kingdom has no ceilings. Like, Come on now. That's like, you gotta, <laughs> Jesus can take it. And so I think that is really what it comes down to is I love that image that you had with your kids and the food and asking, and, you know, it takes courage. It takes courage to, um, to ask knowing that you can't do it on your own. And, and God just wants us to have that courageous, tender, childlike heart and say, this is what I got. And I'm courageous enough to say, can you meet me there? And mm. when we bring that part of posture, he does it every time. So listen, you're golden. Before okay. you uh, cover you real quick and get you out, Heavenly we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. We ask right now, Lord God, that you just continue to help us to illuminate mm-hmm. so you can increase. Help mm-hmm come to you and say, God, this is what I got. Mm-hmm. And know that you're going to take it the next steps to be sufficient to what we need. Mm-hmm. Ask your prayer for Coach Corey Close, Lord God. Be with her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet as she leads that amazing program, Lord God, that we one day too will be able to watch her and say, Lord God, it has been well done, said, and promised, Lord God. Mm-hmm. First of all, Lord God, help us to be light mm-hmm. so that those that may not know you can find you. Yes, in Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. Servant leader Corey Close, you're now part of the servant leader family. We love yes. you. Anything you need, all you got to do is reach out. I appreciate you. And I'm sorry I have to run, but no, you are you're doing good. a great and mighty work, and we will see you soon.